Welcome back to another episode of Tooth and Claw. So, since there have been some pretty crazy animal attack stories that have taken place over the past couple of months, we thought it'd be the perfect time to do another one of our animal attack news roundups. We've done this before, you guys probably know the routine by now, but we hope you guys enjoy this. We uh, gathered up some pretty good stories, I think. Oh, and happy holidays to everyone. Alright, I'm done talking. Let's get to the show. Faces. That fridge is. No. What's it doing over there? <laughs> you better catch it. Welcome. <laughs> that joke. I do remember fridge that joke. joke. No. <laughs> so your fridge is your running. Fridge is running. Hey, you better go catch it. Is that how it goes? I don't. I don't like, think that's that never the Can't you no. use that for like your sink or your anything? I, people said fridge, but that didn't make sense to me because it's like, yeah, of course my fridge is running. No, no. You call someone. It's a prank call. Those are funny all uh-huh. the time. And you say, hey, is your fridge running? And they say, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you say, well, you better go catch it. I remember. It's very funny, What's Jeff? the difference between a prank call and a crank call? Nothing. Same thing. Yeah. I think so. The dirty right. boys are they You guys want to hear an embarrassing story f- from me? Yeah. So when I was we like- started? Elementary school. Yeah, tooth and claw. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Elementary school. Or no, I think it was maybe mid, it was middle school. But so I was on like some Adderall and some medications that made yeah. me prescribed. Like, prescribed. Yeah, for yeah. ADD <laughs> that made me like hypersensitive. But anyways, I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh-huh. And a friend came over and wanted to prank call this girl that I kind of liked. So. We called and it was like her mom and we like did all these like stupid voices. And then her mom was like, I'm going to call back and talk to your parents. And on the prank call, I like completely like gave it all up and like started crying. (laughs) I was like, don't tell my parents, please. (laughs) And I don't even think they would have cared. Mom and dad wouldn't have cared about that But it was like, I was always so scared (laughs) about like what they would think. So my prank call just ended up me being like crying crying. in front of like the one friend that I had for like one day. Prank was on you. (laughs) Uh, The reverse Uno card. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. We're Tooth and Claw. We do stories about animal attacks, but it's mostly a science podcast. We're trying to teach people what you can do to avoid animal attacks, what we can learn from animal attacks, how you can prevent them, how can you respond to them. We're just trying to tell some fun stories, but also teach some people some things about animals. Because we all love animals here. Even though we didn't really know if Mike loved animals, I think we've come to learn that you do love animals. I'm coming around on them. He likes predators. Yeah, I would say more often than not, though, Mike ranks his animals higher than you do. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff tries to be a little cute with his rankings sometimes, I think. <laughs> I gotta fill in some fluff. <laughs> yeah, you <do>. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, this is our news episode, so it's gonna follow a little bit different format than we typically do. Um, happy holidays, guys. Happy and, hey, holidays. Me and Jeff just spent Thanksgiving together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike was gonna show up, just never texted Never showed up. So this is this is a thing that I do is I I give a, a slight glimmer of hope that I'll show up to a social event or gathering. Yeah, and then I don't. Well, right before he <laughs> left, I talked to him. He's like, 
So there's kind of a problem with me going, right. I won't have a car. Right. I was like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, we knew you were flying there. You are only thinking of this now? I'll so, just say, I only think you're going to go somewhere if it's ironclad. Like, if I call you and you're like, yeah, I'll be there, then I'm usually like, okay, Mike's coming. But if you're ever like, I think I can make it, I'm usually like, Mike's not probably going to come to this. Yeah, I just figure by being a little more exclusive, people cherish the time they have with me we're a little more. When it we're happy to eventually happens. show up for the recordings. Yeah, I barely made it this yeah. time. Um, we <laughs> appreciate it. Jeff, that's a wonderful Christmas tree you got. Oh, you want to describe it? Uh, Jeff's got a tiny little, it's fake. It's about mm, a foot tall. It's bent. It looks yeah, like a little Charlie here. Brown tree, and it's got about six lights on it. Ooh, it smells good, though. My mom gave it to him. It's probably from, like, Michael's or something. Two pine cones. <laughs> uh, and that's the, that's his Three. Christmas tree. Yeah. It it's wonderful. It's pretty tiny. It's very festive in here. <laughs> Santa's not going to be able to fit many presents under that. No. Do you guys have, like, a favorite ornament that you decorate the tree with? I want to print out an ornament. That is spelled the way that Jeff says ornament. <laughs> or or to bit. Ortament or I whatever. One from elementary school that's just like a star that I cut out and like drew on. Uh-huh. And then it's just a picture of like my school picture. Yeah. You have one of those so <laughs> yeah. I have a, a compact like a CD. What am I saying? Compact disc war. A compact disc. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a CD with just like my fourth grade picture on it. <laughs> That's really Someone, the A listener made me an icy bear ornament last ornament. Ornament. Yep. <laughs> last Christmas oh. after our polar bear episode. That's like nice. I was saying how cool the icy bear is. Oh yeah, I think I remember she that. sent me one. That was nice. Hey, if you listeners ever want to send something to Mike, he could use one of those too. I've had a hard year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a I had a favorite growing up, but I don't remember what it was. I remember I just saw this tweet from a guy who was like, I'm going to drink the stuff inside of a snow globe. And then the next tweet was like, in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was funny. (laughs) Anyway, we should probably get into our episode. Oh, boy. We've each prepared a few stories from the news since our last news episode, which was about a month and a half ago. So there's been some good stories. I think in the past we've done like a handful of stories. This time I think we're going to condense it a little bit but maybe give a little bit more time to the stories that we did. We'll have a couple that are still kind of rapid fire, but I, I tried have, to really get some good details for the three that I did. I have a story where like a guy gets wrecked and dies, Uh huh. and it's not even the one that I think sounds worse. Okay. Spoiler. I'm interested. That out. I'm interested. Uh, maybe I'll start with one then, Ooh, if you yeah. guys are okay with that. Yeah. Uh, this is one that happened somewhat recently. It happened November 12th, 2021. And this was one that I was pretty happy to do because all of the articles I read, I think it was like New York Times did an article and then a bunch of when, you know, when like a big newspaper does one and then there's a ton of other little newspapers that like do one. It's exact same thing pretty much. I had that same thing with one of my stories. Yeah, that's what happened with this one. But the original article, whoever did it, it was I think it was good and it was pretty succinct and it was also like good scientific information. So I was really happy about this one. Not happy about what happened, but happy that I didn't have to do like a ton of fact checking. Anyways, this happened in November. Huge storms in Egypt caused massive flooding. And these huge floods cut off people from electricity and water. They destroyed hundreds of homes. Uh, a lot of the scientists that looked into these floods felt they're probably climate change induced 
you know, really extreme storms in places where they didn't used to have storms that necessarily like let out that much water. And three people actually ended up dying as a result of these storms. Are the pyramids okay? Pyramids are okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. Weirdest and most terrifying part of these storms was that in Aswan, Egypt, which is like a southern province of Egypt, a tiny arachnid, the Deathstalker scorpion, thousands of these tiny scorpions scrambled to evade the floods, and they ended up in houses, and they ended up stinging hundreds of people during this storm. Oh, man. Um, so Deathstalker scorpions are aptly named. They're one of the most venomous of all scorpion species. Their venom is potent enough to kill children can kill old people and it can kill people that have like underlying health problems so if they're like obese or have heart conditions or something they can die from these uh, scorpion stings the venom is neurotoxic so it attacks your nervous system for the most part it's extremely painful it leads to high fever sweating vomiting diarrhea mike's favorite symptom (laughs) send me some scorpions (laughs) and severe pain at the sting site humans that die from it usually die from pulmonary edema which is essentially your lungs are filling with fluid and your tissues filling with fluid. Uh, there's also a high rate of pancreatitis among survivors of stings from death stalkers. So, oh, so like some of the survivors are still pretty messed up. Yeah, they can get pancreatitis, which was a study in Israel that showed that that happens. Personally, don't ever want any animal named death stalker in my house. It's <laughs> mm, uh, a good rule of thumb. Yeah, but that's what happened in Egypt. <laughs> these floods pushed thousands of these scorpions from their typical little hidey holes in the desert uh, into homes and 503 people were stung on a single night the night of november 12th Um, joseph yeah it sounds very biblical plagues yeah yeah or moses yeah whatever what am i thinking (laughs) doesn't matter one of those guys way off uh anyway so many people were stung that it depleted the reserves of scorpion anti-venom in a lot of their hospitals oh no um But scorpions are common in that area. The residents are pretty familiar with them. In a typical year, they have dozens of stings, but 503 were reported just in that one night. So they go from typically in an entire year having like a couple dozen stings to having 500 in a single night. If you are stung in those areas, you just need to go to the hospital. They're going to have antivenom on hand. But it is really interesting to me that scorpion antivenom is really hard to make, as you might guess. A single gram of scorpion antivenom, or sorry, a single gram of scorpion venom, which I'm not sure how much antivenom that makes, but a single gram of their venom requires milking 3,000 scorpions. And oh, that, wow. Yeah, that single gram of venom is worth $8,000. So scorpion, scorpion venom is one of the most Why valuable. Why milking scorpions? Yeah, I guess there's like a little gig economy in Egypt for people to like go out and catch scorpions to give them to researchers to milk but milking them you like stimulate them with an electric current and it's a really delicate process that you have to be a professional to do you need like all this crazy equipment and stuff and mm. that's why it's so hard to get and a single gram of it is worth eight thousand dollars which i mentioned it's one of the most valuable substances on earth scorpion venom like per wow. gram per gram yeah. yeah it's like worth a lot more than gold and a lot of other stuff wow. so no who one was actually thought? yeah who'd have thunk Maybe that's what we should give people when we get engaged. Scorpion venom. Yeah. That's <laughs> more valuable uh, than a diamond. Yeah, big scorpions out there pushing that instead of diamonds. <laughs> yeah. uh, no one was killed by the scorpions. The three people that died actually died from electric lines falling into the water. 
Oh, well. So it wasn't the scorpions. What? No one died from uh, the scorpions. I thought three people died. No, that's kind of. And again, I, I already gave this article praise for like not being too dramatic, but a few of the ones I read did make it seem like the like headline just makes the it floods lead. killed three It'd be like people. Hundreds of people stung by scorpion in Egyptian floods, three people die. And it's you're. It's pretty hard to tease out that it's those like are different. Sure, a yeah. tornado goes through the Midwest and a cow gets blown onto someone, and they say the cow killed him instead of a tornado. Yeah, except that it wasn't That's... even the scorpions <laughs> that killed. Him. It's actually nothing like that. <laughs> what a great comparison. I think that warrants further. Yeah, thought. I don't know. That hurt my brain. So is what the <laughs> just by um, how dumb it was. <laughs> the scorpion king. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the kind rat. of scorpion is he? Uh, I mean. That was Egypt, so he could be a Death Stalker scorpion. Okay. Uh, how big how are they? You said they're tiny. They're tiny. They're little. Like, like how big is tiny? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Like, I would guess, I think they're pretty similar to, like, our bark scorpions here in Utah. Okay. Um, and they are about, I don't know, like, probably an inch, an inch and a half long. They're really small. And as a general rule... With scorpions, the smaller. What are you laughing about? How big is tiny? Yeah. It's just. It's not even funny. But. Uh, I mean, I was I was picturing them smaller than what you just said. Well, like this is pretty small for a scorpion. Right. If you think about it, like head to tail, sure. their tail makes up a lot of that because it curls. As a general rule, the smaller the scorpion, the more venomous it is. Oh. And that uh. and that doesn't necessarily hold true, but those big black emperor scorpions that you see in movies and stuff a lot like the ones they put in the boo box and hook okay it's not like a, venomous. it's like a bee sting they're still venomous but it's like not really gonna mess you up in utah we have bark scorpions which are our worst one and they are similar to this death stalker in that if you get stung by one you need to get some medical attention probably if you're healthy, it's not going to do anything to you aside from maybe hurt and give you diarrhea what or something. What type did your friend get stung Probably by? a bark scorpion. Really? And I was pretty bad about <laughs> My friend got stung by one in the middle of the night, Kyle, who's the listener. In Mexico. And, uh, and rather than, we were far from any hospital, so I drew a circle around it and said, hey, if it gets bigger gets than bigger. this, we need to go do something. That was mostly just to calm him down. It didn't really <laughs> matter. And, uh, and he had like numbness in his hand for years. Wow. He got pretty sick, too. Before stinging him, did the scorpion yell, get over here? Uh, It didn't. I think that was a yellow scorpion, which is like a, it might have been a bark scorpion. I can't remember. But if it's small and yellow, if you run into a little scorpion that's small and yellow, give it some space. Probably don't pick it up. Good rule. I, I do have a video of me picking up a bark scorpion, though, so I probably am a bit of a hypocrite for saying that. You do? Yeah. Do as you say, not as you do. Like yeah. usual. Yeah. Anyway, that's my first story. Hey, this next uh, story by Jeff is a really good one. does involve a man being bit in a very sensitive part of his body. So if that's like a weird trigger for you, go ahead and, and skip ahead. Or if you have like little kids. I shouldn't kids. say weird trigger. If that's a trigger for you or if you have young children, go ahead and skip ahead a little bit. Someone else want to go next? Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about a cobra attack. Okay. So this happened in South Africa at a nature preserve, and it doesn't specify where, and it doesn't specify the guy's name. Okay. But I got some info. So it's a 47-year-old man, and he's from the Netherlands, and he was just visiting a nature preserve in South Africa, which sounds really cool. It does. I've been to some. 
in South Africa. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So that's where you saw pangolins? Yeah. That'd be cool. That it sounds was. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of other stuff, too. So I'm sure he's having a great time. Probably. Trip of his life. I would assume. I guess I can't say. that. He's a Dutch man? Yep. But happens like, that he had to use the bathroom. That happens. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You go. Yeah. So, Sometimes that is the fun part, though. Yeah. Anyway, so you wouldn't expect, like, anything out of the ordinary, really, right? When when you went to the bathroom in South Africa, did you just think this is pretty normal? Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. You probably don't remember even that well. I'm it's trying to. A... I'm racking my brain right now <laughs> to think of it. Well, in the bathroom that he used, there was a snouted cobra Ooh, inside the toilet that, that ab- he didn't that see. Is oh, he didn't see it. Uh-uh. I so didn't he sat down and... So he sat down and he was bitten on the penis. Okay. Hey, that's right. pretty inconsiderate. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. That's well, not. By that's, who? <laughs> I mean, both, really. <laughs> I guess the dude is out. He instigated. I mean, if you're getting dumped on yeah. and you've just been sitting there he all day. He was sitting on the toilet. Yeah. 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 Then, like, I think you have reason to bite someone for that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, Wes. Yeah. What do you know about snouted cobras? Uh, I know they live in Southern Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they live in like Botswana, Mozambique, South Africa. They're a true cobra. So they're like a Naja family cobra. What is that? Um, that's like the family of cobras that's considered true cobras. They're the ones with like hoods. And yeah, venom. so they have hoods. Uh, they rear up front part of their body. Neurotoxic venom uh, mm-hmm. can kill people pretty easily. All the true cobras, if you get bit by them, you're in trouble. <laughs> You'd probably want help, right? Yeah. Pretty quick? Yeah. How long do you think it's like a reasonable time to wait for help? I would want help as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. What do you think is like starting to get unreasonable? <laughs> probably like an hour. Okay. He had to wait three hours. Yeah, that's too long. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. He's he lucky to, to be alive. Three hours for a helicopter. Yeah, he is come. alive? Yep. Okay. And How's this is dick? a little different from... <laughs> I'll get there. Okay. This is a little different from our uh, reticulated python episodes. Right. Those suckers just clenched on there and right. would not let go. This was just a strike. But yeah. that's kind of how cobras are. They just get their venom in you and then they're right. like, all right. Retreat. Job's done. Yeah. Well, and the reticulated python was probably trying to eat, and this was probably a defensive strike. Yep. And it says snouted cobras are pretty timid but can be really aggressive if they feel a threat which is pretty true for all the cobras so he gets in the helicopter they fly him to a trauma center Mm -hmm. and after five hours he finally gets eight doses of anti-venom wow that's a long time to wait a long time he's lucky to be alive he was conscious the whole time Mm -hmm. oh and i missed this uh so during the time he was waiting the three hours Says he had a burning sensation in his genitals. Yeah, that can um, be a lot of things. Yeah, well, I was thinking... <laughs> We're pretty sure what it is <laughs> yeah. in this scenario. But. Like, you know how when you get hit in the balls, like, you feel kind of sick? Yeah. So this guy was feeling that. He started vomiting a bit. Yeah, that could have been from the venom he was vomiting. his body, too. He had... Uh, I don't think it's just blunt force trauma to his <laughs> balls. And he had pain that ascended through his groin to his flank... Upper chest and abdomen. So once he got to the trauma center, yeah, they also gave him medicine for a fever, and he had some strong kidney pain. He is treated for swelling, and actually, I want to read. So I'm going to read the medical part, and then I'm going to just like 
do uh, explain it to me like you're five. So <laughs> Jeff just did analog handwritten notes, a swap over to digital notes on his phone. So now right. I'm just confused about how he organizes <laughs> well, his life. I didn't want to, I didn't, you'll get it. Okay. okay. I didn't want to write all this verbatim <laughs> sure, from enough. the article. The scrotal necrosis was reported to involve the entire fascia skin to intraspermatic and was um, ex- exit. <laughs> Excised? <laughs> Excised? Excised. With extensive margins, read the report. The defect in the penal shaft was treated by superficial debridement and a vacuum-assisted closure pump. Fake the shaft. explain it to, like, year five okay. is he developed a flesh-eating bacterial infection which destroyed tissue on the ball sack and the penis. They had to cut away the diseased tissue in the case of the penis shaft. They did a skin graft. Oh, it was just a skin graft. Uh-huh. Okay. So well, they took skin from their, his groin and used yeah. that. That's best case scenario. But if... this article is all, it's from urology case reports okay. and it's from the Netherlands and uh-huh. they were like super detailed. So that that's like all the article said and I had to like break down each section and yeah. then wrote it out. Explain it like you're fine. Got it. So after nine days, he returned to the Netherlands and had another fever that he was treated for. Got the skin graft. That's where he got the skin graft. And then actually, let me see something here real quick. Whoa, third device involved now. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a computer out now. Yeah, so I just thought I'd show you guys this. Oh, Oh, yeah. Thanks for showing us that, Jeff. (laughs) Mike, you want to describe it? It is uh, someone's rotten junk. Yeah, see. and you see the testicles there. What's uh, going on? With I don't the know testicles? if I can tell which is which. Actually, it looks pretty bad. Yeah, it's kind of got. It's a Frankenweenie. Kind of looks like a vegetable <laughs> popping yeah. out, or yeah, like a. Got, it looks like a ginger root. Like kinda. his whole scrotum's <laughs> been cut open. Oh man! Hey, if you're out there, we feel really bad. For That's yeah. the skin graft, and oh. then. Now he's doing pretty good. Yeah, that yeah. looks a lot better. So there's just three just, pictures everyone of know his penis. The last photo looks a lot better. Yeah. yeah. So but, he recovered really well. So after the year follow-up, the only problem he had was that the scars from all the operations felt like a pulling sensation on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had to go in and do a, what's called a Z-plasty, which uh-huh. is just like a way to like reshape scars and then like that got rid of that wait that was after how long a year oh so this isn't a recent news episode that's recent okay whatever (laughs) (laughs) jeff's just going off the rails this is good wow how did i not put that together i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well the year checkup was recent yeah that's that makes sense and it causes eighty-one thousand to 138,000 deaths or more a year the snake bites, sorry. Oh, wow. snake, snake bites, bites cause eighty-one thousand yeah. to one hundred thirty-eight thousand deaths or more a year. Every year, uh huh. Around that's just the world, because still, it's, and yeah. it's probably more because a lot of cases are in more rural, rural, rural areas. I'm struggling today, <laughs> no, guys. You had a lot of big words <laughs> um, to get through. So they're just not reported, and then there's four hundred thousand reported disabilities caused yeah. from next bites. to mosquitoes. They're easily. 
the number one animal that kills people. Really? The reason like this was such a detailed case is it's the first case of envenomation to genitals ever from a snake. Ever. Yeah, so a snake's never like put its venom into someone's genitals. Wow. Until this. First. Wow. Good Uh, for him. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's one of those things where if you're gonna get bit by a venomous snake, you don't necessarily want to get bit near any major organs, especially like a neurotoxic snake like that. So in a way, it's a great place to get bitten, but then it's also a really painful, awful place to get bitten. And in my defense, the articles have all come out like within the last month. Like sure. So yeah. this is from like a study of urologists. This is New York Post. Mm-hmm. Published it November fifth, twenty twenty one. So yeah. the story's just okay. getting out there yeah. now. Yeah, it it's did fine. happen. Did a I? While so ago. did I miss the detail? Is he still? Um, viral? He's Virals. actually not even like considered one of the four hundred thousand disabilities. Wow. Yeah, that last uh, that last photo looked pretty good as far as like recovery would go. Especially thinking like, of, like thinking of the first a... one I showed you yeah. to that. Like that's yeah. really good. I would just say as a general point of advice. If you're in a different country that maybe you're not too familiar with the wildlife, checking the toilet's a good a good rule of thumb before you sit down because they do they actually say on like the official urology yeah, report is like flush a toilet if you're in that area before you go to the bathroom. Pretty much any area with venomous snakes or constrictors because toilets do present like a really attractive hiding spot for them. Um, they have to come up every once in a while and take a breath. But it's like a nice little hole where they can wait for prey or hide from whatever. It's just good practice to check. Mm. And then if you are bitten by a poisonous snake, again, we've talked about this in some of our other episodes where we talked about venomous snakes, mostly our rattlesnake one. The number one most important thing to do is just get to the hospital as quickly as possible. Because the thing that's going to save your life is getting antivenom. All of those other things like sucking out the venom. I know it's a funny joke with this one, but like (laughs) all of those little tips that you hear don't really work. The one thing that works is getting anti-venom. So that's what you need to do. Don't try and catch the snake. If you can take a photo of it, great. Don't try and catch it. Get to the hospital. Get anti-venom. Waiting three hours and just like having your testicles get super swollen sounded so terrible. But yeah, that's that's my story. That's a good story. Thank you. Well, thanks, Jeff. Saw saw a lot more than I thought I would today. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured I wouldn't warn you. I'd just no. show you a picture yeah. of his penis and it was see how you react. The mission. most effective way you could have accomplished. You went a little quiet. I was hoping you would like give the audience a little more. What do you want me to say? It was Ooh. shocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, do you want me to go? Yeah. yeah. Okay. This one is a little bit of an interesting case study, but first, and tell me if this is a little bit too much. I named this segment uh, a little bit like Jeff and the Coyotes be wildin'. So this is this is the headline. If I were writing a story, Ham Kong Apocalypse. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that too much? Is I'm that not your, even sure you what it's referencing. What's Ham Kong? I'm guessing it's pigs. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, there's been a... But what's oh, Ham Kong? Ham Kong. Hong Kong. So oh, there's been a rash of wild boar attacks in Hong Kong. So uh, about- It's going to be hard to do this like a <laughs> reoccurring segment. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. This is the interesting thing, that this story comes from Hong Kong, but 
like we had in our last news episode, Shakira had a run in with some hogs yeah. or boars, whatever they were. Wild boars. Um, yeah. And also keep praying for feral pigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep your prayers out there for Shakira's bag. <laughs> oh, poor Shakira. But this is kind of becoming an issue in several countries. So about two weeks ago, one of these wild boars that's been running amok in Hong Kong knocked over an auxiliary policeman. And there was a bit of a tussle and it was on kind of the top. Just imagine like Frodo and Smeagol kind of wrestling at the very end of Return of the King. Yeah. Because he got bit on the leg, the policeman. Uh-huh. Uh, the policeman did not bite the... Frodo boar. got bit on the hand. Um, it works. But what happened is in the struggle, this boar that accosted and bit the policeman tumbled off. I think it was the 33rd floor of uh, like a city parking establishment. Just plunged to its Wait, death so and died. What? So this They're was happening on, of on like a, a parking garage. Bit. Right. Okay. So like where you don't expect to find a, a wild boar yeah, up on the 33rd up floor. and But that's kind of the problem is these boars are appearing in... All kinds of like city council meetings. They're just like they'll wander they in the just, door. They just like are pissed about not having access to parks at night. <laughs> exactly. So they're there to voice their opinions strongly. If uh, I know boars, and I do. Um, but so in the past several years, there's been about thirty reported cases of wild boar attacks. So this boar fell thirty stories and died. Yeah, we're past the cop that. like kicked him off. The- I'm just picturing like an action movie where they're wrestling really close to the edge, right? And the cop manages at the last second to push the boar off. So this is coming straight from the Atlantic primarily, but I read a couple other stories that all were pretty sparse on the details of why this pig fell. But okay. I have to imagine the policeman was just trying to get him off. Okay, you know, I have to imagine someone. At, like, ground level, said, like, hey, dad, can I have a horse? And the dad's like, yeah, when When pigs pigs fly. (laughs) And then he had to buy his kid a horse. And the pig fell and, like, hit the kid and (laughs) everyone died. (laughs) That's not where I was going. (laughs) Anyway, so there's about 3,000 wild boars within the city, like, the greater city limits of Hong Kong. And if you take, you do a little bit of math, which I did, it took me a while. So if there are 30 reported attacks... And um, there are 3,000 wild boars in Hong Kong. That's 1% of all wild boars are getting up to some mischief in Hong Kong. Yeah. So it's kind of becoming a big deal. And there's a little bit of correlation with a government mandate that was passed about three or four years ago where... I mean, that's not necessarily true, though. Because it could be the same boar like 10 times. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think probably... It's probably a lot less because there's probably like certain boars that are acting more more aggressively toward people. I'm just saying, yeah, 3,000 boars, 30 attacks. It's kind of a lot. Got it. Yeah. So three or four years ago, there was a mandate that was passed by the government that the euthanizing teams were no longer allowed to kill the boars. Mm. So there uh, for the past few years, their solution has been to trap the boars, castrate them or otherwise neuter them if they were male and then release them back into the wild. Mm-hmm. And that's just proven to be ineffective. Good. So I wonder why that doesn't work. They honestly, the reason it doesn't work is these, like, this is the same problem we are having in the US. It's the same problem they're having in Europe. With like boars? everywhere with wild boars, is that they reproduce like crazy. We can't keep up with them. Even like 3,000, that's a lot. That's a lot of, of animals. And they reproduce, and I guarantee you pretty soon they're going to have a lot more than 3,000. And that's probably just the ones in the city. They're probably like lots of little feeder populations around the city. It's a huge, huge, huge issue. It costs the U.S. billions of dollars every year in like crop destruction and whatnot. And there's whole industries devoted just to killing 
these animals and you just can't do it. Once they're there, they're there. We haven't come up with a good way to get rid of them. Hmm. So they're they're just kind of taking over the town. Yeah. They're not actually. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> they, but but they kind of are. Like kind that's of, happening all over the world. Yeah, and some of the like the provincial counselors they say the number one complaint that they hear from the citizens is of the wild boars. Like nothing else is bothering the people of Hong Kong more than the boars in some Jeez. of the districts in the city. In Hong Kong? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, not even like Like the huge protests China. that have been going on well, for years. So I'm just saying in like certain pockets, like so take for example, there's a section of the city up kind of overlooking the whole bay over the whole city. Yeah. It's called the Peak. And it's where there's like just millionaires live there, like the some of the most expensive property in the world. And they're just their whole neighborhood. Just picture a bunch of millionaires and all of their nice property and their cars and their sidewalks, yeah. all very well maintained, except for these boars that no one can do anything about. Yeah. Well, so, I'm glad they've got that problem. Right. <laughs> I bring no, I shouldn't say that. Bit. Like, because not only are these like our feral pigs, like I think that's a better name for them, feral pigs. Not only are they they're invasive, so they create all sorts of ecological problems. They also are a disease issue like they are a vector between often when people get like like coronavirus for example like pigs are an intermediary host for like a bat you know that gives it to them and Mm. they give it to us so there's there it's a huge kind of disease issue and then there's also all the ecological and like agricultural problems that they cause there's if you guys ever listen to the podcast reply all it's one of my favorite podcasts. They did a really good episode on the guy that did the tweet about the feral hogs. That was like a really viral t- tweet a couple of years ago. They got into it and then they like did this deep dive on the feral hog problem in the U.S. It's a huge problem. <laughs> so yeah. you guys should listen to that. I will. Yeah. Um, all of this to say is that very recently the government once again okayed a program. Uh, Euthanize. Euthanizing Euthanize. the wild yeah. pigs. That's really the only way to even try to keep them at bay. Yeah. And it still doesn't usually work. So that's, I guess I should wrap it up. Just maybe this one quote will help tie it all together with, in a nice little bow. But one of the counselors, their name is Roni Wong. They blame the government in the first place for not allocating enough resources to deal with the problem. And they said that now the animals have to pay the price. And this is kind of a sad situation that doesn't seem to have a very easy solution. Yeah, that's why, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just invasive species are really tricky. But cool. To you, Wes. All right. Uh, My next one is about a bear attack in Tahoe. That has an interesting kind of, well, not interesting, a pretty sad twist on it, I guess. Laurel Rose Von Hoffman Kersey. There's two hyphens in there, Laurel Rose and Hoffman Kersey. Von, I believe, is her middle name. Knew something was wrong when she heard loud noises coming from the kitchen of her North Lake Tahoe home on October 30th. So the day before Halloween. It's 530 in the morning. She hears all these noises in her kitchen. She assumes it's her 29-year-old son being rowdy in the kitchen at 530 a.m., Uh, So she like gets up wondering what the hell is going on in her kitchen. And she's a 66-year-old retired doctor. She walks downstairs to find not her son in the kitchen, but a large black bear who's rummaging through her freezer and throwing items to the ground, which sounds pretty cute to me. Uh, (laughs) But almost as soon as she realizes that she's looking at a bear, the bear turns and charges at her. And she describes seeing a a large paw come at her face. Not cute. Not cute. The bear starts ripping at her, but breaks off the attack, and she gets on. She's on her staircase. It comes at her again while she's on the staircase. 
She managed to throw a quilt on top of it, which stops that attack. Good move. The bear gets free of the quilt, is about to start a third charge when her husband and son both come out of their rooms to see what's going on, and that increased pressure scares the bear out of the house. So the husband helps tend to her wounds, and her son calls 911. Help arrives in less than 10 minutes, so much quicker than the cobra guy. She's rushed to the hospital. She says her face hurt really bad. She was bleeding a lot. She had scratches and wounds on her neck, back, arm, parts of her body, and a bite near her left breast. There was also a deep puncture on her abdomen, which she feared had ruptured her spleen, and that would have been a disaster because she was also going through chemotherapy for lymphoma. Um. So she is from Orinda, California, in the Bay Area, and her and her husband had had been going to this cabin pretty regularly because it was one of the only places she could go outside of her home. And that's because chemotherapy makes you really susceptible to COVID. And she had pretty much since the start of the pandemic had not been able to go outside or do anything. Hopefully the bear didn't have it. Yeah. She said her only social life had been going to chemotherapy. That's how bad her pandemic had been. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking like, imagine if you can't leave your house, your only solace is going to this cabin in Tahoe. And then you get attacked by a bear inside of your cabin and you're going through chemotherapy. That's just truly bad luck. Yeah. How do you think the bear got in there? So I was going to talk a little bit about that. Tahoe. I see. I follow a guy who works in Tahoe with bears. He's a photographer and he's kind of documenting bear human conflict in Tahoe. And it's unreal how often they get into trash there. Like a lot of the videos where you see bears walking into convenience stores and stuff. Those are all from Tahoe. Oh, yeah? They have really, really food-conditioned bears there. So they've learned how to open doors. They've learned how to, like, get in. Yeah, exactly. They've gotten really good at breaking into things because they haven't really been taught negative consequences for that. I like the one where the bear's in, like, a lady's car, and she's holding, like, a basket of apples and drops them off because she gets scared. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that's going on in Tahoe. It's There's a lot of bears there. And a lot of them are food conditioned. And, the, and when bears are food conditioned, we've talked about this on the podcast, that's a really dangerous circumstance because the bear's going to start taking risks that it wouldn't take normally because it's getting really calorie dense food that's great for a bear. Like if you're a bear, especially in the fall, all you're trying to do is put on weight. So if you can break into someone's house and get 20,000 calories in a half an hour where it would take you days to get that in the wild... You're going to do it. And so they need better bear safety stuff in Tahoe. They need to be hazing these bears. And I think there's a volunteer organization that manages them there that does a pretty good job overall. But I just feel like recently I've been seeing a lot of bears in conflict situations in Tahoe. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it is interesting, though. They're moving into L.A. a bit recently, too. Yeah, in the foothills of L.A. That that quilt move was pretty good, but yeah, it's a good move. You do it too much, and they get quilt conditioned. Then we're in a <laughs> whole other realm of trouble, you know. <laughs> There's a million other things I could say about this, but we're already way over time, so I'm not going to say anything else. Prove right. it. Prove okay. you have I'm one not, more interesting than I'm not going to. All right, <laughs> he's lying. <Yeah. laughs> All right, so I got a bowl story. But I kind of want to go back and just name my last story with the snake since Mike named his, what was it, uh, 
Hong Ham. Ham Kong. Porkopolis. <laughs> Ham Kong colon Ham- Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time doing better than that. <laughs> uh, so my last one, I want to name it. I have had it with these motherfucking <laughs> snakes in this <laughs> toilet. That's good. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> we do have a lot of snakes in toilet stories. So, we got two new segments. <laughs> so, uh, this one is about a bull. And it's a 55-year-old who died after being gored at a bull running event in the Spanish town of Onda. So this one's kind of a shout-out to your patron episode, Mike, where you talk about the running of the bulls. Yeah. Did and this one happen recently? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other one did, too. I'm not, I'm not getting crap for that. Uh, this is the first fatality since COVID in the running of the bulls. So okay. kind of oh, cool well, yeah. little benchmark he set there. Attacked at the Fiera de Onda Festival, he suffered a head wound and a punctured artery in his left thigh. Uh, he's rushed to a hospital where he died. Blood out. Yep, probably. Head, actually, I think it, the head wound is what got him. It didn't have a ton of detail. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Is keeping his identity pretty private. And then Onda canceled the rest of the bull festivities, but they kept going with their festival. And in total, there's been 16 runners that have lost their lives with the running of the bulls. One interesting thing I remember talking about in your episode is that that certain type of bull might not exist if it wasn't for the running of the bulls, just because they're bred to be more angry and like charge people. Which is still, that's still an interesting point to me because it's like this domestic animal that we created wouldn't exist if we didn't create it. It's like saying like a Pomeranian wouldn't exist if we didn't have Pomeranian breeders. And it's like, okay, you know. (laughs) Right. And the fact is like the danger initially is the human's fault anyway. Right. So it's like, like, we're not doing them any favors. We made a domestic animal that's a lot more aggressive because we use it for this terrible sport. Right. And again, we don't want to be indelicate about anybody's... I mean, this is a very like a cultural, even spiritual for many kind of tradition. And we respect that. But I think we all fall down on the same page of thinking that there's maybe a better way a safer healthier better more animal respectable listen to mike's running of the bulls episode if you want to hear us really get in that wormhole cool mike Ooh. okay so i'm gonna keep this one short this happened down in texas on halloween Mm -hmm. there was uh so the texas longhorns a famous uh football team for all of you international american football team for all of you international listeners there's a thing called a special teams coach. We're getting in the weeds. He's a coach for a team in Texas, and he had a... Oh, I was going to do this one. I forgot. Really? Okay, yeah. so good. No, this is good. You can help me fill in the details, maybe. So his girlfriend, who's living with him, they set up this kind of cool little haunted house alleyway for little kids to come in and do some trick-or-treating at their house. And one of the kids kind of trespassed into their property a little farther than the signs were indicating that he should. And he ended up claiming that he was attacked by their capuchin monkey. And after the fact, the girlfriend, um, I read about this one. she had like this whole video guided tour of showing exactly what this kid would have had to do. And what I found most interesting about it is on one of the signs, it said, warning, emotional support animal contained or whatever, like something like that. And, uh, 
There's two fences, a cage. So this kid really probably had to get into some mischief in order to get bitten by this monkey. If it happened, everything's kind of up in the air still. What I found most interesting, and maybe you guys want to take it in a different direction, but again, on one of our Patreon episodes, we got into animals with jobs. Uh And I was really surprised to find out that capuchin monkeys, the monkey that supposedly bit this kid, are exceptionally good and not just emotionally support animals, but physical support. Yeah, we talked about animals. that a bit. Yeah. Like they're the when you get a helper monkey, if you're like paraplegic or if you have some sort of disability where a monkey could potentially help you out, it's almost always a capuchin monkey. They're very easily trained and they're typically very well behaved monkeys. The trained ones. There's like pictures in in video of these helper monkeys. They do really complicated tasks. Like they flip out DVDs yeah. and like start. They can like, you could like shine a little laser at the microwave and they'll go like p- push the right buttons and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I almost got one for my friend. Yeah, I remember you yeah. talking about that. Jeff, you want to fill in any gaps I forgot about? Uh, Yeah, well, so she was like an a exotic stripper, dancer. An, yeah. yeah, exotic yeah. dancer yeah. that yeah. they started dating. And then like I saw her tour too. And it's like, you're inviting tons of little kids into your house. It's like... A weird sign that, like, wasn't very clear, and, like, a kid sees a monkey and goes up to it, yeah. you know? like right. If I go into someone's house as a kid and there's a monkey, I'm yeah. for sure going to want to go mess with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but also, monkeys are, it's, it'd be cool to have a monkey as it a would. pet. Yeah. So, like, I can see her defending herself, but... It is really funny I that d- his girlfriend's monkey bit a little kid, and like that's well, in the news. So her on like ESPN. Yeah, amazing. She was so she was an exotic dancer. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, the capuchin monkey performed with her. Oh, interesting. I don't know how, oh, in nice. what capacity a, huh. a monkey is helping with an exotic strip. Yeah, that's no longer a support animal at that point. Right. So there's uh, maybe I buried the little a little bit there, but I um, saw some tweet about that that was like (laughs) Texas's coach's exotic dancer girlfriend monkey bites child. And it was like this is the most American tweet ever, (laughs) you know? Uh no, I mean no judgments on her profession whatsoever at all. I don't think that really I don't think that is any uh, a little bit of judgment on that. (laughs) I was just thinking about this like I developed a fear of capuchin monkeys when I was a kid because there was a movie called Monkey Shines that had a killer capuchin monkey and it was like supposed to be a helper monkey or something and it killed people. Anyway, that just came back to me. Good conceit Uh, for a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Good story. Okay, I'll go next. This was one a lot of people sent to us and it's one I did want to break down a little bit. This also happened on Halloween, this Halloween. And uh, it was a 30-year-old man and his two friends were fishing in a rural part of Brasilangia Minas in Minas Gerais, Brazil. I lived in Minas Gerais for a little while. I know this area. It's like a kind of like a deserty jungle, really arid, really hot, cool place. These three friends were enjoying the warm day. They're relaxing. They're fishing. When suddenly they're swarmed by bees. Oh, not the bees. None of the articles I read said whether it was like hornets or yellow jackets or bees. As you remember, we do have Africanized honeybees in Brazil, so it could have been Africanized honeybees. Whatever it was, they're swarmed by some sort of stinging bee or bee-type animal. Cause them to panic. They throw their fishing gear down and they jump in the lake. Two of these men managed to swim out of the lake and to safety. Unfortunately, their third friend wasn't so lucky. He didn't return from the lake. So firefighters respond to the scene. 
they're about to dive in this lake to go try and find either this guy or, or his body. And as they're about to jump in, they're told that it's home to some carnivorous piranha. So they decide not uh, to dive in. Lake bees. That's what they lake call them. Lake bees, yeah. Exactly. A lot of times they call them that, yeah. Uh, about four hours later, these firefighters do manage to retrieve the body. So unfortunately, this young man died. They retrieve his body in about 12 feet of water, so enough for him to drown in. But the responding firefighter said that the man had lacerations on parts of his face, his ears, and his body, and they assumed that piranhas are probably the culprits. However, experts later say that this man had been found in a position that's consistent with victims of drowning. So that's what I read in these articles. That was kind of the information I was given. I know a decent amount about piranhas, so I'm going to just say... Like, the headline was out there, and it's like, man was attacked by bees and then then killed by by piranhas. Yeah. Immediately, I'm just going to say, like, my radar went out on that one. It was like, this is in Minas, which is a state that isn't really home to red-bellied piranhas, which are the piranha that are known to be the most aggressive. So to even begin with, if it's not red-bellied piranhas, it's probably not the case. So what I'm thinking probably happened is this guy drowned and after he was immobile and floating in the water, some fish, probably piranhas, came up and took some bites out of him, which again is like really morbid to talk about and pretty unfortunate. But I did dive into this a little bit more just to make sure I wasn't wrong because I'm not a piranha expert and a piranha expert uh, couldn't find a single substantiated account of piranhas killing a human. They have attacked people. But he thinks that every death that's ever been attributed to piranhas, the person has always died first. They've drowned. And then, and then the piranhas have eaten him. Has so, like, anyone drowned because of the piranhas It's possible. Them? Like, uh, that could have happened. I didn't read. I, I didn't read. His, well, actually, I did read his whole report, and it didn't say anything about that. Okay. He just said that they there's not a substantiated case of piranhas being the cause of death. Okay. There are three species of piranha that are considered aggressive. The red-bellied piranha is the most famous one. And, and he's seen the piranha movies? Uh, I do believe he's seen the piranha okay. movies. 3D. They did bring, they brought up those movies in his articles. Compelling there's evidence. There's a lot of evidence counter. There's a lot of saying. things in those movies. Yeah. Especially uh, in 3D. Yeah. You see. Yeah. So even the red-bellied piranha, which is considered like the most aggressive piranha, it's still considered a scavenger. Those feeding frenzies where you've seen like the movies where they're all like jumping out of the water and boiling, those do occasionally happen, but it's usually because fishermen have been throwing like guts in the water and chumming and they really work the fish up or they're provoked for some reason or starving. They actually don't hunt in groups. They do, they have shoals of piranha and they'll travel in these shoals, but they're not coordinated attacks. Those feeding frenzies are pretty rare actually. They typically are just taking little bites out of other fish. Or dead animals. Yeah, because you always hear those. I always hear the fact like a, a school of piranhas can eat a cow in like two seconds or whatever. Are yeah, they that fast? Technically, and good? they could, but Oof. like there was one person that died, they drowned, and they found bones like four days later that have been cleaned okay. by these piranhas. Yeah. It's not seconds, it's not minutes. It takes them a while. And it really, de- I mean, it really just depends on how many fish are That's in that true. shoal, too. Like 10 piranha couldn't do that. I've piranha fished before, and like, you put a piece of meat on your hook, you toss it in the water, you got a piranha. It's that quick. They're they're keyed into meat falling in the water. So there definitely have been people that have been attacked that have jumped into an area where they've been cleaning fish or something. And we're going to do a piranha episode. But they are not 
a leading cause. They they don't kill people. For their size, they're like one of the meaner looking animals. They are, and they can be pretty aggressive. They have those big teeth, and like yeah. if you catch a piranha, you have to be really careful taking. Not to get big. Yeah. But I just think this article was like a really classic example of sensationalism and the stuff that we're really trying to avoid in this podcast and even like clear up. So a few lines from the articles I read were he had his face and other parts of his body torn open when really like they found a few lacerations on him. A man's disfigured body has been recovered from a lake in Brazil after it was ravaged by piranhas. That's not what happened. The carnivorous fish have made a meal out of him. Technically true, but that meal was like enough for one or two fish. Yeah, a snack. You know? Uh (laughs) So every single article too, like it was like a byline at the very bottom that was like, hey, this could have been drowning. Well, it's like one of those stories too where like you can write a lot better headline than the actual story. Totally. But what I wanted to bring up really quick, and I know we're like, really getting in the weeds on a lot of stuff this episode, but this is important to me, is how this clickbait online culture can be really, really damaging for wildlife. Because these people that are writing these articles think, oh, this is harmless. I'm going to write this clickbaity title that says man torn apart by piranha or whatever. And that makes this animal that is just doing what it does naturally sound like a bloodthirsty predator And it skirts the actual facts. And then say like you're in Brazil and there's a construction project that's going to happen on a really pristine waterway that houses, you know, that is home to piranha. Public opinion might be turned against the piranha and they might be like, hey, who cares if they destroy this river? It's home to piranha. Let's get rid of it, you know? Yeah. And that sucks. That is painting animals. It's demonizing them and it changes public perception towards them. And that hurts conservation. Yeah. I'm so it totally it's worked, honestly, because when I think about if I hop in the Amazon River, I'm going to get eaten. Right. That doesn't that's not true. I've never been. So it's kind of like when I found out no one's ever died to quicksand. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm a little disappointed by that, but also pretty relieved. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to worry about it. No but, one's okay. ever died in quicksand? I don't know. I don't Maybe know that's either. another sensationalized counter. I feel like uh, there are. Argument, but <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, it's not something you need to worry it's about. It's like that. Like, I was in the Pantanal. I knew there was tons of piranha, and I was swimming and stuff. And all my friends were like, How are you swimming? Aren't you worried about piranha? And I'm like, No, I'm not worried about piranha. <laughs> that doesn't happen. What about that thing that, like, the, swims up? Exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> So, like, that's also not going to happen. It's one of those oh, things shit. where... What movie? That's in the rundown, right? Yeah, and that's that thing exists. But what I'm trying to say is that these kind of sensationalist things can turn perception against animals, and it does a lot of damage. So don't just believe headlines when you're reading them. Just listen to our podcast. <laughs> Anyway, I'm off my I'm off my soapbox, but it is it's not just like that's not just a a casual thing that's not harmful. It has legitimate harm like it actually does damage to conservation and to some of these animals that are just doing what they do naturally. No, that's good to know. I didn't realize until today that piranhas don't really eat people. Right. Unless they're already dead. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys care about quicksand anymore? Should we just Uh, move on? Yes, tell us what you got. Okay, so Britannica says quicksand, that is sand that behaves as a liquid because it is saturated with water. Okay, we know what it is. Can be a a mucky nuisance, but it's basically impossible to die in the way that is depicted in movies. That's because quicksand is denser than the human body. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you can't just completely sink into it. You, like, starve to death in yeah. it or something. Or, or like, like lay face down in it. Jams you head first in there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Sure, All appreciate right. it. Uh, so, I'm... I have one quick one, since Wes is giving me crap about how recent that one was. This one happened five days ago, Wes. Okay. The day before Thanksgiving. It's so fresh that there's hardly any details, so it's going to be real short and sweet. But a girl, name not disclosed, uh, was in Yosemite. Yosemite. Oh, nice. Yeah, you got (laughs) it. And I don't know why that one always trips me up, but she approached a deer that was in the act of being fed by visitors at the park. And she came up on the side of it and spooked it. Mm -hmm. And then it gored her, charged her with its antlers and gored her. Not gored, but like hit her with its antlers. and That's a goring. Yeah. So she was taken to the Yosemite Medical Clinic to be treated for... She had deep wounds on her arms and chest, and that's where we're at with it. All right. Don't feed wildlife. Don't. Don't. And don't spook it. Yeah. Nah. Don't. Okay. And then I got Coyotes Be Wildin'. All right. Oh, we were all waiting for <laughs> we an update. We love Coyotes Be Wildin'. So real quick, Prescott, Arizona, there's been four recent attacks, uh, two of them on people. 62-year-old was bitten on the lower calf. And had to be treated at the uh, hospital. And then just a couple dogs been bit. And another jogger was bit by a coyote in Prescott, Arizona. Hmm. And then we have an Instagram influencer. Mike, I'm going to have you play a clip sure. for her. I'm Jen Atkin. I'm Mike Rosenthal. And we are Chewy's parents. And we're so happy to be a part of this Giving Tuesday Although we tragically lost Chewy to a coyote, the only thing we could think of doing was trying to help other dogs in need in her name. And it has been very painful, but we're very humbled by how many people have come together in her name to help other dogs. She was a member of our family, and she's going to go on and change so many other families. Um, So we're so happy and just it's an honor to, to support WAGS and all the good work that WAGS does in helping other people build families. So for this Giving Tuesday, please just help support Chewy's Foundation. All right. So her dog Chewy was killed by a coyote. Rest in peace. It's been really hard for them. I've looked at her Instagram. The dog was super cute. Looks like they had two dogs. Treated it like family, dressed it up in silly costumes, and really unfortunate for her. She says that she feels violated by the attack, uh, which, yeah. you know, like, I don't know if you can feel violated from a coyote at West. Yeah, I mean, so I watched, I, I looked her up, uh-huh. and like, yeah, I agree with Jeff. It's really sad if your dog gets killed by something. And I'm not going to tell people how. I don't think anyone should express their grief in a specific way. Those are the words they chose. But as far as like from an, from a biologist perspective, if you do live in coyote territory, which a lot of people do, if you live in a place like Arizona or Southern California or something and you have a smaller dog and it's outside, there's a really very real risk of encountering a coyote at some point or a hawk or something else that could potentially kill it. And I don't, 
know if I, I'm sure they feel violated, but that's part of their natural behavior. Like coyotes attack dogs that are smaller than them. They just do. That's what they do. So it's not outside of typical coyote behavior is what I'm trying to say. And so sucks though. This happened. It's super fresh. It happened to um, uh, six days ago. So what? Two days before Thanksgiving. And I just want to read it from her words on her Instagram. Okay. Yesterday morning, we lost our precious love, Chewy, to a coyote. My baby is gone. Our hearts are forever broken. It is difficult to write this, and we debated on sharing the video, the last slide, which, side note, like, the video, that's one sneaky coyote. Is it? It was, like, hiding in the bushes and trees, and, like, the dog ran out, like, I guess as its morning routine, and the coyote, like, snuck around to the door and blocked it off from the house and then ran after it. So pretty sneaky, knew what it was doing, smart, yeah. um, and happened real quick. Also really smart of it, it took it off the property right away. Yeah. So like these people, it's Jen Akin Harris or Instagram. She didn't really have much of a chance to save her dog because like it just took it right off their property. Yeah. They had to search for it. But so yeah, I'll keep going. But we need, we need other families to watch it. We didn't have any warnings. We never had seen coyotes in our neighborhood or found their droppings anywhere. It was broad daylight. We did our morning routine like we always do. Chewy having to eat first and go poop alone in private. I turned to go get River a bottle and heard her cry out in fear and pain. It all took 15 seconds and we ran as fast as we could, but they took her over a 7-foot fence. Rue saw it all. And tried to help her sister. So Rue's the other dog. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, this is traumatic. And that's in the video. You see Rue come out and start barking. It's devastating. She didn't deserve this kind of ending. To hear your baby cry out and not be able to do anything is hell. I'll never forget her final cry. An hour later, Mike found her remains in an abandoned yard. We truly did all we could, screaming her name and driving through the streets in a panic. She was the light and laughter of our household, our princess. She got us through the pandemic. She never left Riverside. She taught Rue how to play and love. I sang the cuppy cake song to her every day. All we ask is that the time it would take you to send condolences or flowers, please go to our link in my bio and donate $1, $5, anything to Wags and Walk in our Choo Choo's name. So, if you guys want to look her up, this is kind of what they're doing in memory of their dog, which they obviously really loved. So, if you want to donate and help their cause, I think that would that seems like a good. Actually, I haven't looked it up. Yeah. Wags and walks. But it seems I'm like sure they've raised a, good, a lot of money. It seems like it's for foster dogs that need a home. Yeah. So, uh, look it up, and yeah, yeah. that's my coyotes be wiling segment i will say like if they had never seen signs of coyote i get why then it's like a little bit more unexpected and and i'm not saying when i said they shouldn't feel violated because it's within their natural behavior i just don't think yeah we're not trying to tell her how to feel no 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 and like some of the captions i read feel devastated right i would love this dog if my dog got killed by coyotes i would hate coyotes but what i don't want to happen is like for people to think that coyotes are like vicious and bloodthirsty again because like that's kind of some of their captions made it seem like the coyote's just this villain and to them personally i'm sure it is now 
but that it's just it is a real risk like, of like having coyotes a, do. having a small dog where coyotes live that could happen so you mm-hmm, got to be yeah. careful anyway just at that link though if you're yeah. interested in helping yeah it sounds like a, a nice way to commemorate chewy yeah all right well speaking of commemorating chewy in our uh categories we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about our most memorable dead dog from movies and tv our most devastating, devastating. or devastating yeah 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 so my most devastating was probably Old Yeller because I saw that as a kid. What's the story of that one? I it's been a long time since I've seen it, but these kids like get a dog, and I'm pretty sure it was like an abandoned dog or something. It saves the kid from Havelina. They have all these crazy adventures together. They're best friends. The whole movie is about like the kid and the dog's relationship. And then it gets rabies from a wolf. That's right. At the end, mm. and they have to go shoot it like behind a shed, and it's really they devastating. Shoot it. Yeah. Uh, Why do you, would who writes stories like that? I know it's messed up. The heck. Yeah. Okay. The reason that one was so devastating for me is because not only does the dog die, but you see the dog change too. Like it oh, turns yeah, like, from like a nice dog into like a really mean dog, oh, yeah. and that was hard so for me as a kid itself. to see that. Yeah. Okay, mine's from the book and movie Where the Red Friend Grows. It's a classic. And just tragic. Like, the dogs are so cute, and they're, like, best friends, and it's, like, the kid's best friend. And then they're, like, super heroic and save them from a mountain lion, but one of the dogs dies. And then the other dog dies and, like, pulls, like, a total Padme before Padme. Padme? Padme. Yeah. Where it's just so depressed, it just dies. It just dies. Mm. Yeah. So mine, it's the dog from John Wick. And it's sad. It's the cutest dog I've ever seen. It's incredibly cute. What's its name? Buttercup, I think? I don't remember. Something like that. His wife leaves him a dog, and uh, the dog tragically is killed. um, Murdered. By Russian gangsters. Right, by gangsters. And uh, it's not quite the same as yours, because it's, I don't know, there's there's something about a bond between like yeah. a boy and a dog it's also like pretty early in the movie you Very haven't early. made an emotional connection yeah. with that dog but the aside reason, from it being cute the reason it's always stuck with me is it because it happened right around the same time i had to put my dog mm. down mm. and yeah. i just kind of wasn't ready yeah you know i knew going into the movie what kind of the catalyst of the whole movie was but i just didn't expect sitting Did you in, go on a rampage and kill everyone I think I might. Yeah. You know, I you felt did. like I was capable of it. Did you say, I'm thinking I'm back? <laughs> I thought it. You okay. know, I didn't want to disturb the other movie guys. That was like such a good story. Yeah. I love that movie. It's simple, but yeah. Jesse, your girlfriend, Jesse, she doesn't like when we dogs We don't watch die, movies right? where dogs die. Do you like, doesn't she like look it up or something? I just, I usually, if I see it coming, I tell her to like turn her head or something. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, if I, there's been a few movies where I was like, oh, like John Wick. I've been like, I need to show Jesse this movie. And then I'm like, ah, she can't watch it. Maybe not. Although I think that one I could ever watch and just not watch that scene. She'll get the gist. All right. So those are our most memorable dead dogs or devastating dead dogs. Yeah. All right, yes. Uh yes, All right. Sorry for your loss. So let's do some listener questions. Yes. <laughs> Um, can i start out with one before you go yeah so we had a listener that i don't remember who it is so please write in if this is your question so we can give you credit there's a listener who gave us a pretty interesting question and it was if we're in south africa and me and mike are in a shark cage and jeff's consciousness has been imported into a great white shark whoa what would jeff do 
to let us know that he's the shark. Huh. Is this to me? Yeah. Or can you guys answer? No, I think, well, what do you think Jeff would do to let it? I I feel like Jeff should answer. Mis- so I can't mispronounce talk. a word or yeah, something. Yeah, serious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> say Yosemite. <laughs> can I talk? I mean, I'm a that's shark. A, I don't think you can. Because no. then I'd just say, hey, it's me, Jeff. Yeah, that <laughs> would work better than saying <laughs> Yosemite. <laughs> I'd believe you, too. Yeah. yeah. Would you think it is me? I guess I'd probably make you prove that it's you. Well, like, I don't have arms. You got flippers. Fins. <laughs> flippers. <laughs> you got fins. That seems impossible. Yeah, that's pretty impossible. Like, I'd have to, like, swim a million times, like, the letters, I'm Jeff Larson. Or you could, like, try spelling them with your fin, you Ooh. know? Oh, uh, yeah. Or yeah. you could play that game we played and try to fit as many rocks in your mouth as you could <laughs> on the shore. <laughs> Uh, that started. That get me thinking. I'd be like, "What is? Yeah. What is that shark doing?" Yeah. And if I pulled up, like, you'd be like, "No, you have to count every single one." <laughs> uh, it was a good question. It was an outside the box question. So we I wanted those, to. Right? I wanted to bring it up. But let's get to our other questions. Okay, so I have a couple patron questions. Uh, this one's from Megan. Hey, homies, I have a question. Okay, I know that dogs can be really freaked out by fireworks. True. But I kept seeing online for Canada Day to not like fireworks as it can scare wildlife to leave their babies and not come back. Is this true? They really don't come back? Uh, usually when you hear those kind of things that like wildlife's abandoning young for whatever reason, it's usually not true. It takes a lot usually to push wildlife away from their young permanently. I do see how they could maybe like leave and then come back when the coast is clear but I don't think they probably abandon them. But wildlife is very, like, that's very broad. So there could be some animal out there that would just (laughs) abandon. But for the most part, animals won't abandon their young that easily. Okay. Mm. Um, All right. So this one's from Luke. Is this another patron? Yep. Luke. Luke. I got a sneeze coming, so we'll see if I can get through this. Uh, My son Sebastian has a question, so I guess it's not from Luke. Why do snakes only have two teeth? Uh, Sebastian, I'm, I hate to tell you they got a lot more than two. How many so, teeth do snakes uh, have? They have they have lots of teeth. I can't give you a number, but even the ones that have fangs have other teeth as well. Mm. Um, I think he's just thinking too because a the lot of them fangs. have two fangs. Yeah, so they have two teeth that'll envenomate like front fang snakes will, but they have lots of other teeth. Okay, uh, the whole two teeth thing is just for making biting easier. No, <laughs> no, they just. They just have two big teeth for no it's reason. It's for envenomation. They're you like think that's where needles. the idea of vampires came from? No, I think it Thanks came from, from vampire teeth. bats. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we worked our way through that one. Yeah, uh, crisis averted. <laughs> and then, okay, so this one's from Jake. I've got a question for Wes. If you were at a party and someone was spouting out fake animal facts about bears, would you beat their ass? <laughs> <laughs> It's a good question. No, I actually, I get that pretty often where I'll be at like things and people start talking about bears. It comes up more than you'd think, even when they don't know that I'm a bear scientist. Yeah. And I almost always just bite my tongue and cause I don't want to be the guy that's like actually like butt into a conversation. Yeah. I don't like to correct people unless they're asking me. So I wouldn't beat his ass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. a good question. Good qu- yeah, yeah, great question. Really quick, all you patrons out there that are listening to this, we try really hard to get all your guys' questions. Uh, our Patreon is growing, and as it grows, we get a lot more questions. So we're going to answer everyone's question. It might be on the podcast. It might be in a DM. But if you are a patron, we will answer your question one of the two ways. And it, it might just be more appropriate to answer it in a DM. All right, so... This one's from Mike Kennedy one. This is from Instagram. Okay. Mike Kennedy one. What animal would each member of the fellowship be? Ooh. Um I would say Sam's a dog. Oh yeah, yeah like a yellow like lab. a golden yeah. retriever. Yeah. 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 Golden retriever. I would say Legolas is like a gazelle or a deer or something. Gandalf or is Or like an maybe owl. like a Martin. I wanna give yeah. Aragon. Aragorn. Wolf. Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. Wolf. Wolf is good. I was going to say wolf for him too. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Gimli, maybe like a. Gimli is like a, a bear. A mini bear. A yeah, badger. like a little bear or a badger. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like a wolverine or a badger. Oh, yeah. I like wolverine. Yeah. yeah. Let's go wolverine. Frodo. I'd say Frodo's like a some sort of canid, like probably like a fox. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Fox works for him. Marion Pippin. Meerkat for Pippin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does that and, work? Yeah, and Mary would be like... Uh, Mary's so, like a dung beetle. Mary's a, yeah, a horse. <laughs> These guys hate Mary. I would say Mary is... Let's just give them both meerkats. I think there's meerkats. What's Boromir? Boromir. Oh, yeah. I'm saying he hyena. Might, he might be a bear. I would. Say, I was thinking bear for him, too. I would say Boromir, because like, he's hyena. lovable, but yeah. it also has a mean streak. I'm saying Boromir is a bear. Gandalf, like owl. We're Gandalf, I'd owl. give an owl. Sure. I like that. Yeah, it's a good question. Thank you. Did we forget any? No, we got the whole fellowship. Oh, yeah. we're going to be so embarrassed if we forgot. No, nah, we got three hobbits. No, four, four hobbits, hobbits. Sorry. <laughs> uh, a dwarf, an elf, two men, two and a dudes. wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Kayla Utrezenka's. Or wait, Kayla <laughs> you just say her first Utrezenka. <laughs> okay. Where should you put your pack when backpacking in bear country? That's a good question. Um, Can so, I just hang it from a tree? Yeah. So, like, the best thing to do is find, like, a pole hang or a tree hang. There's some rules for that. Like, you want it so many feet away from the actual, like, base of the tree and from any other, like, big branches so that the bear can't climb the tree to try and get at it. Um, a lot of backcountry campsites and national parks will have poles that are specifically for hanging your pack. If you, for whatever reason, can't hang it, I would take it at least... 200 yards away from your camp and put all the food in one pack and take that pack away from your camp. The main thing is just don't have a pack with food inside of your camp, but if you can hang it great and just look up how to hang a pack, there's tons of articles online. Uh, this one's from Lorca. Okay. I'm that's what I think it is. All right. That's what I'm going with. So she's from Australia and she's saying, do you think our reputation for scary animals is earned? She's kind of saying that most animals are pretty easy to, like, scare off and, like, nothing, like, too huge in Australia. So it's more chill than people think. But she kind of likes having, like, the scary reputation around it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's a little weird that people think Australia is, like, the most dangerous place for animals. Yeah, I, I don't agree. really believe it. Yeah. Because there's no, like, huge predators. Yeah. Besides koalas. They do have a lot of venomous animals in Australia. Yeah. And like their spider can kill you. There's lots of snakes that can kill you. Like they have a lot of stuff there that's venomous that can kill you. And then they have huge saltwater crocodiles. But 
I would feel more comfortable in the bush in Australia than like in Africa. I think it helps make it seem a little more scary that it's not connected to any other land. Right. So they're like surrounded by sharks and crocodiles. Yeah. But no, I don't think it's... I don't think it's totally deserved. Because people think it is like more dangerous than anywhere else. I don't really agree. It's not. No. It is cool though. It is. So I'd be proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good for you, Lurka. is from Francesca. So... She sent us a cool picture of like a drone footage of a mountain lion at the top of a tree. Mm -hmm. And then she's asking, what do you think about people using drones for wildlife photography or hunting? I think I saw that video and it was definitely too close to Mm -hmm. the mountain lion. And that mountain lion had probably been treed by dogs too. So it was probably already pretty stressed. So I think if the animal notices your drone, you're too close. If your if your drone is being noticed, then it's gonna stress out the animal. They're gonna like any animal that has a buzzing, like whirling thing come by it. It's really gonna stress them out. And you're too close. I've seen some bear videos that were like viral. I actually once I did an interview with Al Jazeera where they like wanted me to talk about how cute this bear video with the drone was, and really it was just the bear was like so stressed, uh-huh. and that's all I said was like this guy was way too close with his drone. Mm. And so you can do it. You can do it ethically, but. If the animal's noticing your drone, you're not doing it right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's going to be hard because in the mountains, I hear drone from people. They're like two miles away sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes animals don't care about a little buzzing like that. It's like if you're buzzing in on it and stuff. All right. This one's from Angela and Things. Thoughts on the Ant-Man movie? Just finished (laughs) it. (laughs) Answer super cool. Yeah. I Uh, agree. We're like six years too late on that one, but <laughs> great movie. What do you guys I'd think? I'd put it like in the middle of Marvel Yeah, middle movies. of Marvel movies. I love Paul Rudd. Yeah, good Ghostbuster movie. Yeah, we just saw Ghostbusters. Maybe six years from now you can Yeah, ask, ask us what you think one. of Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, but no, ants are really cool. Mike, yeah, you a they, fan of ants? I big, huge fan. You got bit by a bunch of ants. Number, I'm a fan now. Okay. I respect them. They're tiny and they try to like really mess me up and I respect that. Fair enough. That's why I don't respect horses. A horse could easily kick my ass and kill me. It doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't do it. This little ant, though, is trying to kill me. I just watched a horse trying to bite its owner a bunch of times. Oh, I'd like to meet that horse. (laughs) Shake hooves. This one is from Carrot King. Uh, If your goal was to eat as many people as possible, what animal would you be? An orca. What would you guys be? How many people do they eat, though? They don't. But if my goal personally okay. yeah, was to right. eat as many people as possible, yeah. I'd be an orca. No one would expect it because they don't eat people. And then you could just eat them in one gulp. True. I was thinking a lot similarly with the blue whale, but I was like, oh, blue whales don't really eat people. But if my goal but was to could. do That's it, a good point. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. You could eat like a whole boat of like 30 people. I don't know if they can like digest a person. Though. Well, it'd be cool because you could like swallow them and then shoot them out of your blowhole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just their skeleton. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still picking orca just because just because orcas have everything they need to eat people. Like they yeah. got teeth, they eat silverware. Meat. Yeah, and they got it all. I can't be blue whale. Okay, I was thinking hippo. Um, <laughs> so this one is how come you don't have ads or sponsors? I mean, not complaining, just curious. Yeah, I, can I field that one? Uh, Take it yeah. away, Wes. We've like kind of looked into it, but we haven't really figured out how We're to get ads or sponsors. Yeah. yeah, 
we're looking into it. We're trying to figure it out. It's probably in the future. In the meantime, like we kind of think it's nice that we don't have ads for now, but we have needed to figure out a way to, you know, make this thing. We put a lot of work. We put, I mean, it's like a part-time job for all of us. So we do the Patreon and our Patreon's probably like a dollar or two more than it would be if we were running ads. It's a little bit more expensive because of that reason. We don't have any ad revenue. We don't have any money coming into this podcast aside from Patreon and merch sales. Mm -hmm. So we do really, really, truly appreciate everyone that has signed up for Patreon or bought merch because it's really, to be honest, like it's the only thing keeping this thing going. It really is. Um, And for people who can't afford it, we're happy to keep providing you free content without ads for right now. And hopefully we get ads and we can lower our prices. Yeah, Yeah. totally. It's kind of a trade-off for us, but so far it's working and and we're happy with it. But we are going to look into ads. Yes, sir. (laughs) Speaking of that, buy some socks. Socks for animals. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wes's company socks. Yeah. If you want a Christmas present, socksforanimals.com. And you're supposed to buy socks to give your animals. No, they're socks with animal prints on them. And a little bit of that money goes towards animal conservation. Mm. So socksforanimals.com. Look it up. And then from Pedro Tadu. I don't know. That's a Brazilian one. I should have you say it, but whatever. Uh, Favorite animal from Brazil? Other than jaguars, please. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Did uh, he do the J A J A J? For me, do they do that in Brazil? The yeah, J A. Yeah. Okay. Or no, they do like a. Oh no, it is different. It is. It's like a R something. I can't remember what it is. Mm. It's like R I or something. But Whoa. I like I like toucans and I really like maned wolves. Mm. Boy, this is hard for someone who doesn't know anything about animals. There's giant yeah, anteaters. There's tapirs. What are those, like little monkeys anacondas. we see at the zoo? Actually, I'm going to go with a sloth. I like sloths a lot. Yeah, that counts. Um, Parrot. Okay, like any specific kind, like a macaw? Yeah, what's the... Uh, uh, we just talked about one that I thought was really beautiful. That's... Hyacinth macaw? No, it's the blue one that just barely went extinct. Oh, the yeah, Mongolian. that's a sphinx. A sphinx oh macaw. <laughs> sphinx? Sphinx or sphinx. It's spix? extinct. You spix. can't choose spix that. Maca- it's one of those. It might be spix. Spix. Spix um, macaw. It's extinct. No, well, it's... they're just they're extinct in the wild. Okay, so But they're a Brazilian animal in... still. All right. Well, they're alive. I, I, I actually really like giant anteaters, too. I'm going to put that on my list. All right. You're allowed. Okay. I saw one of those as like a emotional support animal for someone he had it in an airport weird yeah didn't uh salvador dali have an anteater yeah, as did. a pet mm. yeah that's a cool pet i don't know they if it's ethical but it's cool big old tongues they do yeah like you <laughs> just like me <laughs> all right so let's oh, wow. wrap it up yeah thanks everyone out there uh hope merry you guys, christmas yeah hope you yeah. stuck with us on this <laughs> we'll talk to you later yeah thanks for listening guys we'll Sayonara. see you bye Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today 
and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.